And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnell. This is the Ken Hudnell Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today's January 26th, 26th day of the new year. 339 days remain to this year's over with. Holidays and observances. <coughs> National Peanut Brittle Day. Dundee Day. Australia Day. National Fun at Work Day. National Preschool Health and Fitness Day. Indian Republic Day. Toad Hollow Day of Encouragement. National Green Juice Day. International Customs Day. National Spouses Day, Farmhouse Breakfast Week, National Fresh Squeezes Juice Week, Family Mediation Week, Snow Sculpting Week, Big Garden Bird Watch, Birthdays, Ellen DeGeneres, Paul Newman, Douglas MacArthur, and Diane Lane. (coughs) Veganary Month, Thyroid Awareness Month, National Slow Cooking Month. Cervical Cancer Awareness Month, Bread Machine Baking Month, National Skating Month, January, Dry January, National Blood Donor Month, Manuary, International Brain Teaser Month, National Clean Up Your Computer Month, National Soup Month, Get Organized Month, International Creativity Month, Celebration of Life Month, The Peanut Gallery is... Tuning up. National Oatmeal Month. Be Kind of Food Server Month. National Hot Tea Month. National Birth Defects Awareness Month. Get a Balanced Life Month. And National Hobby Month. Now on... 660, this date, 661 A.D., the Rashidun Caliphate is effectively ended with the assassination of Ali, the last caliph. <coughs> 1531, 6.4 Lisbon earthquake kills about 30,000 people. 1564, the Council of Trent establishes an official distinction between Roman Catholicism and Protestantism. 1564, Grand Duchy of Lithuania defeats the Tsardom of Russia in the Battle of Ula during the Livonian War. 1699, for the first time, the Ottoman Empire permanently cedes territory to the Christian powers. 1700, 8.7 Cascadia earthquake takes place off the west coast of North America. (coughs) That's according to... (laughs) Japanese records. 1788, the British First Fleet, led by Arthur Phillips, sails into Port Jackson at Sydney Harbor to establish Sydney, the first permanent European settlement on Australia. Commemorated as Australia Day. 1808, the Rum Rebellion is only successful, although short-lived, armed takeover of the government in New South Wales. 1837, Michigan is admitted as a 28th state. 1841, James Brimmer takes formal possession of Hong Kong Island in what's now a possession point. 
which established British Hong Kong. 1855, point, no point treaty is signed in Washington Territory. 1856, first battle of Seattle. Marines uh, from the USS Decatur drive off American Indian attackers after all-day battle with settlers. 1861, American Civil War. State of Louisiana secedes from the Union on this date. 1863, American Civil War. General Ambrose Burnside is relieved of command of the Army of the Potomac after the disastrous Fredericksburg campaign. He's replaced by Joseph Hooker, who gave his name to camp followers. 1863, Governor of Massachusetts John Albion Andrew gets permission from the Secretary of War to raise a militia organization for men of African descent. 1870, Reconstruction Era. Virginia is readmitted to the Union on this date. 1885, troops loyal to the Mahdi conqueror Khartoum with the killing of Governor General Charles George Gordon. The Mahdi was the uh, the Islamic Messiah. 1905, the world's largest diamond ever, the Cullinan, which weighs... Uh, 3,106.75 carats is found at the Premier Mine near Pretoria in South Africa. 1915, Rocky Mountain National Park is established by an act of Congress. 1918, Finnish Civil War. A group of Red Guards hangs a red lantern at the top of the tower of Helsinki Workers Hall to symbolically mark the start of the war. <coughs> For those who are not familiar with the Red Guards, they're the paramilitary, paramilitary units of the labor movement in Finland in the early 1900s. Formed the Army of Red Finland and were one of the main belligerents in the Finnish Civil War in 1918. First established during the 1905 general strike, but disbanded a year later after they reestablished after the uh, February Revolution in 1917. 1926, first demonstration of television by John Logie Baird. 1930, Indian National Congress declares January 26 Independence Day, or as a day for Puma Sarazaj, complete independence, which occurred 17 years later. 1934, the Apollo Theater reopens in Harlem, New York City. 1934, the German-Polish Declaration of Non-Aggression is signed. 1939, Spanish Civil War, Castellonia Offensive, troops loyal to Nationalist General Francisco Franco and aided by Italy take Barcelona. 1942, World War II, first U.S. forces arrive in Europe. They land in Northern Ireland. 1945, World War II, Audie Murphy displays valor and bravery in action and for which he'll be, later be awarded the Medal of Honor. Uh, I think he was the most highly decorated uh, soldier in World War II. 1949, the Hale Telescope at Palomar Observatory sees uh, first light under the direction of Edwin Hubble, becoming the largest aperture optical telescope until the BTA-6 is built in 1976. 1950, Constitution of India comes into force, forming a republic. Mahindra 
Prasad is sworn in as the first president of India, observed his Republic Day in India. 1952, Black Saturday in Egypt, Rogers burned Cairo's central business district, targeting British and upper-class Egyptian businesses. 1956, Soviet Union cedes Pokhala back to Finland. 1959, the 41-acre chain island is listed for sale by the California State Lands Commission with a minimum bid of uh, $5,226. 1962, Ranger 3 is launched to study the moon. Space probe later misses the moon by only 22,000 miles. 1966, the three Beaumont children disappear from a beach in Glenelg, South Australia, resulting in one of the country's largest ever police investigations. 1972, JAT Flight 367 is destroyed by a terrorist bomb, killed 27 of the 28 people on board the DC-9. Uh, flight attendant Vesna Volovic survives with uh, critical injuries. 1974, Turkish Airlines Flight 301 crashes during takeoff from Izmir Kumulovasi Airport, killing 66 of the 73 people on board the Fokker F-28 Fellowship. 1986, the Ugandan government of Tito Okello is overthrown by the National Resistance Army, led by Yawari Vusavini. 1991, Mohammed Saeed Bayer is removed from power in Somalia, ending centralized government, succeeded by Ali Mahdi. 1998, Lewinsky scandal. On American TV, President Bill Clinton denies having had sexual relations with former White House intern Monica Lewinsky, which turned out to be a complete and total lie. 2001, a 7.7 earthquake shakes Western India, leaving 13,805 to 20,023 people dead and about 166,800 injured. 2001, Dan Whipple, a lacrosse coach, is killed in a dog attack in San Francisco. The um, resulting court case clarified the meaning of implied malice murder. The um, malice is a legal term that refers to a party's intention to do injury to another person. And malice is either expressed or implied. Uh, it's expressed when there's manifested a deliberate intention to unlawfully take away the life of a human being. It's implied when no considerable provocation appears or when the circumstances appending the killing show an abandoned malignant heart. In a legal sense, may be inferred from the evidence and imputed to the defendant, depending on the nature of the case. In many ca- kinds of cases, a malice has to be found in order to... Uh, Convict. All right. 2009, rioting breaks out in Atana Navarro, Madagascar, sparking a political, political crisis that resulted in the replacement of President Mark Ravalomanana with uh, Andre Raholina. 2009, Nadia Suleiman gives birth to the world's first surviving octuplets. 2015, an aircraft crashes at Los Llanos Air Base in Albacete, Spain, killing 11 people and injuring 21 others. 2015, Syrian Civil War. 
People's Protection Units recaptured the city of Kobani from the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant, marking a turning point in the siege of Kobani. 2020, a Sikorsky S-76B flying from John Wayne Airport to Camarillo Airport crashes in Calabasas, about 30 miles west of Los Angeles. Killed all nine people on board, including former five-time NBA champion Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna Bryant. Uh, the Sikorsky, of course, was a helicopter. Uh, 2021, protesters and farmers stormed the Red Fort near Delhi, clashing with police. One protester is killed, and 180 police officers are injured. The um, times have always been tense, and it's getting more so, which is sad. All right, we've been talking about ghosts and hauntings which is one of my favorite topics. You know, there's... Uh, when you're talking about ghost stories and hauntings, um, they're not just historical in nature. Even today, ghost stories uh, are being recounted across the country. And whether it's a malicious demon or a playful spirit, it's not every day you hear the news reports on paranormal occurrences. I want to cover a few that uh, will pique your interest and leave you pondering about what entities you may have sharing your house with you. We're going to delve into the world where the Nine between the natural and the supernatural becomes blurred. Let's start with the Ammons family haunting. This is the story of the Ammons family demon possession in Gary, Indiana. Made the headlines in 2014. This harrowing tale has altered the belief system of almost every individual involved, including no-nonsense Lake County police officers, their family physician, and the Department of Child Services case managers. Even the Merrillville Catholic priest couldn't believe what he was seeing and hearing. The entire ordeal experienced by Latoya Ammons and her three children spans uh, 800 pages of official records kept by various parties, many of which uh, recounted frightening events with uh, proof added in to put the icing on the cake. According to the Indianapolis Scar newspaper, official police photos of the house captured a Cloudy white image in the corner of one snapshot, and on an audio recorder, voices were heard. Um, not only did another audio recorder with fresh batteries malfunction, but so did the radio of an official police vehicle. Gary Police Captain Charles Austin was initially a skeptic, operating under the assumption the family had fabricated an integrate narrative for their own financial benefit. But after visiting the Ammons family home and experiencing several of the inexplicable events for himself, he changed his mind. Later said publicly he was a believer. Well, it began with a swarm of black flies, ominous footsteps, and shadowy figures. One night, about two in the morning, things escalated when the Ammons family and 12-year-old daughter began levitating. The Toya sought help from churches, but most turned her away. Upon uh, seeking assistance from two clairvoyants, she was informed that her uh, home was plagued by more than 200 demons. Indianapolis Star uh, made note of the 
all the things she went through. A few days after suddenly setting up an altar and cleansing the house with sage and sulfur, things actually got worse. Her youngest son, who was seven at the time, spoke to invisible entities and was forcibly tossed from a room he had, like he'd been thrown. He began speaking in uh, demonic voices, with one growling and threatening to kill his brother. While at the hospital, something downright unbelievable occurred. Yet uh, Child Services family case manager Valerie Washington still put it in her official report. Nine-year-old walked backward up a wall and onto the ceiling before doing a flip over his grandmother. This impossible move was corroborated exactly by registered nurse Willie Lee Walker. She said he walked up the wall, flipped over her, and just stood there. Latoya, at her wit's end, uh, welcomed a series of exorcisms be performed on the family by Reverend uh, Michael Magana. According to the Indianapolis Star, those in the room felt a heavy presence. The lights flickered as the Reverend banished the demons. Eventually, the animals were cured of their 200 demons, but not before making believers out of rational, evidence-based professionals. Netflix acquired the rights to the story, and they're bringing out a film based on the family's uh, experience. That's according to the Indianapolis Star. Filming started in <coughs> June of 2022, and the, the date for the film to be called Deliverances was set to be released in 2023. The uh, budget for that film was $65 million dollars don't have any information on the outcome of the film. Well, let's talk about the haunted Disney doll. Well, as far as Christmas presents go, the mass-produced Elsa doll from Disney for Frozen seems relatively innocuous. The uh, Now, that's beyond the button your child can press, which... Triggers the chorus of the movie's beloved anthem, Let It Go. <coughs> and that's precisely what the Madonia family living in Houston, Texas, believed. But that belief changed quickly. Donald originally spoke and sang in English and only did so when Elsa's necklace was pressed. But two years later, the doll began alternating between English and Spanish at random which was odd since there was no Spanish-language setting. Even when uh, set to the opposition with the batteries untouched since their initial insertion, the dial continued to, with the movie's chorus and catchphrases, eventually only speaking in Spanish. As you can imagine, this was a little unsettling. Um, when they heard the, those uh, sounds ring out in the middle of the night, and it was no surprise that the haunted Elsa made headlines. Well, a, unan a unanimous family decision resulted in the family throwing the doll out of, uh, in December of 2019. Unfortunately, Elsa wasn't ready to go. According to the mother, Emily Madonia, Matt threw it away weeks ago and we found it inside a wooden bench. Flabbergasted by the creepy doll's return, the family once again took Elsa to the curb. This time around, they took extra precautions by double-bagging her and putting her amongst other rubbish, layering uh, additional bags on top, according to the New York Post. On garbage day, the heap was collected and taken away, but once again, that very same doll, Marcus scribbling it all, made its way back. 
It sat ominously awaiting discovery in the backyard. Emily finally wrote on Facebook, Hey guys, we need help. Well, at their wit's end, the family made one final attempt of disposing this haunted doll. Emily packaged her up in a box with no return labor and sent her to her friend in Minnesota. The lucky man's name was Chris Hogan. While packaging the doll for shipment, an eerie incident occurred. The Elsa doll reportedly broke out into 30 seconds of uninterrupted laughter, something it had never done before. Reached, uh, when it reached Chris Hogan's residence unscathed, Elsa's new home found her securely fastened to the brush guard of uh, his jeep. Well, according to Chris, if anything weird happens, I'm welding her to a steel pipe and sinking it in the lake of the woods. Well, this has apparently settled the haunted Elsa doll, who despite facing rejection multiple times, simply could not let it go in spite of the theme it continued to sing. Then we've got Ghost of COVID-19 Quarantine. Uh, the first one uh, dealt with Adrian Gomez, a Los Angeles resident and IT support worker. Uh, Gomez and his partner found the beginnings of their pandemic sheltering in place uh, uneventful, uh, filled with routine activities like morning walks and frequent baking and getting used to remote work. The one thing Gomez did expect on his pandemic bingo card was the uh, doorknob of his apartment suddenly shaking with remarkable force despite nobody being home so much as uh so that it could be heard from the far side of the house on another occasion mid-april a closed window near gomez's bed became the friday the night its shade began rattling violently and banging against the window's frame neighboring window shade didn't move an inch and gomez's cats were already in plain sight nowhere near the window uh, according to Gomez, I seriously hid myself under the comforter like you see in horror movies because it really did freak me out. And finally, unmistakable footsteps could be heard emanating from the floor above their apartment. An inconsiderate upstairs neighbor was, of course, the most likely explanation, except it turned out that it was nobody actually lived upstairs. Never did come without with a, a uh, definitive explanation for all that. Then we got Patrick Hines. While staying overnight at a western Massachusetts cottage with his husband and daughter, podcaster Patrick Hines, the host of True Crime Obsessed, recalls uh, reporting an odd sighting that took him by surprise, but really didn't scare him. Feeling thirsty in the middle of the night, he went out into the kitchen to pour himself a glass of water. Uh, the uh, sudden realization... Uh, Washed over him as he took in the unfamiliar surroundings. A figure seemingly out of time revealed itself. A middle-aged white man in his 50s wearing sort of mil- some sort of military uniform and cap that bore the marks of age and history, heart dating back to the era of World War II. figure simply sat there unmoving at the kitchen table. But uh, when Patrick shook his head in a classic double-take to confirm what he had seen, the man had already vanished. He said it didn't feel menacing at all. Almost didn't even occur to me to talk about it till the next morning. It's always great when you have to have a friendly ghost on your hand. Nobody wants an insensitive roommate. And of course, um, if it could manifest in that fashion, clearly it felt at home in uh, those surroundings. We got Danielle. 
His last name was withheld. Lawyer in British Columbia, who found herself dealing with a ghostly apparition at the, though to hike up her energy bill. Time and again, she'd walk into her guest room to discover one lamp in particular had been switched on. After a repetitive dance of a ghostly presence turning the lamp on and Danielle turning it back off, she abruptly blurted out, Don't turn that back on. Passive-aggressively, her invisible roommate then turned on the ceiling light instead, one that she never touched, so it wasn't uh, Danielle that did it. She also occasionally could hear a muffled conversation between a man and a woman, but possibly the most frustrating incident she experienced was when the fabric from the homemade face mask she was sewing seemingly vanished when she turned away. She said it was gone, like in a 20-second period, just gone. I went and checked the garbage pail, didn't find anything. Checked the recycling, nothing. My fabric stash wasn't there. Tore the house apart looking for those two pieces of fabric, and they never came back. <coughs> well, from the, the COVID hauntings, let's talk about a film that I heard a lot about, and that's The Exorcist. There was a number of strange happenings on the film set. You know, our buffs have long revered the 1973 classic, a cinematic masterpiece loosely based on actual events. And while the audience are familiar with the terrifying on-screen tale, the peculiar and unsettling incidents that occurred during the film's production are not as commonly known. Um, there are a few reasons that the actors and film crew believe the set was haunted. First, a fire broke out on the set, used as Reagan McNeil's home, burning everything except the bedroom. That's the room in which the actual exorcisms uh, took place. Uh, nine crew members passed away during the filming, according to entertainment uh, news uh, site uh, Fresh Edits, including Jack McGowan and Vasiliki Meliaros, whose characters also died in the film in much the same way that they died in real life. And then multiple injuries occurred during filming, including a skilled carpenter losing several fingers while constructing the film set and actress Ellen Burstyn suffering a permanent spinal injury. You know, it's, I've always believed in uh, James Bond's philosophy. Once is happenstance, twice is coincidence, three times is enemy action. Well, let's talk about Hugging Molly, which comes from Alabama. It terrorizes Alabama children at night. You know, those who've grown up in and around Abbeville, east of Alabama's oldest surviving colonial settlement, are familiar with the local legend known as Hugging Molly, whispered in hushed murmurs and wielded as a warning to children who dare venture out after nightfall. It tells the tale of a ghostly figure who's said to haunt the streets once darkness descends on that historic town. Illuminated only by the faint glow of the moonlight and the feeble flickering lamppost, Hugging Molly is described as an imposing woman. She stands nearly seven feet tall, draped in a billowing jet black cloak, her silhouettes adorned with a wide-brimmed hat that shields her from curious eyes. Blending in seamlessly with the night, she sneaks up behind unsuspecting children who are out and about after dusk and develops in a tight suffocating hug before shrieking loudly in their ears and departing. Um, according to Abbeville native uh, Jimmy Rain, if your mother and dad don't want you to be out after dark, they'll tell you about hugging Molly, and she'll get you. 
And at that age, he believed it too. Legendary uh, figure of Abbeville first made her presence known in the early 1900s, according to paranormal e-magazine Moon Mausoleum. Since then, numerous reports and documented sightings of the apparition spanning several generations of Abbeville residents has been recorded. Like an ethereal thread weaving through the tapestry of the town's history, the spectral myth of Hugging Molly has transcended the confines of time. Well, of course, one question about uh, Hugging Molly is why is she targeting the, the children of Abbeville? And who is she, if anybody knows? Though her origins are unknown, rumors uh, surrounding her identity and her intentions have become a hot topic for locals. There's a narrative surrounding the woman in black suggesting she's a tormented spirit of a Sorrow-stricken Abbeville woman who lost her own child a longer time ago. That's according to the Alabama Media Group. Haunted by this heart-wrenching um, loss, she seeks solace by embracing the children she encounters in the streets of Abbeville. And although it appears her hugs are motivated by a profound sense of longing, they're known to be uncomfortably tight and overbearing. Now, some consider her intentions malicious, of course, while others believe she's simply trying to protect the local children in her, in her own uh, terror-inducing way. There's another interpretation of the Hugging Molly legend. This one suggests she's not a supernatural entity at all, but a, it's a clever disguise adopted by a male professor from the former Southeast Alabama Agricultural School. According to this version, he suits up in the famed black attire and assumes the persona of Hugging Molly in a attempt to deter local college students from wandering around once the sun has gone down. The intention behind this elaborate charade is reportedly to encourage the students to prioritize their safety and go back home rather than encountering potential dangers that might lurk in the shadows. To some, this theory, of course, is reassuring. When Jimmy Rain was first introduced to the legend of Hugging Molly through his uh, friend Tommy Murphy, the story was related then by Murphy's father who encountered his own unnerving experience with the woman in black. As a child, he uh, had experienced the ominous hug and scream combo delivered by the town's haunting residents uh, firsthand. <coughs> and this, of course, made the boys true believers. Now, Rain was captivated by the legend, inspiring him to immortalize it by starting a Abbeville restaurant called Huggin' Molly's. Since it opened in 2006, Abbeville's residents and visitors passing through the quaint town have uh, had the opportunity to visit the uh, Phantom-inspired family-style restaurant and bask in the folklore that surrounds it. Vintage soda fountain serves up ice cream and malts with a blended traditional and modern menu to boot. Make sure you order Molly's Fingers served with their signature comeback sauce. It's uh, located at 129 Kirkland Street, and the memory of Hugging Molly is now etched into history through fine dining. Well, beyond the legend of Molly, the interior transports diners back to the 1950s with vintage signs and movie posters plastered on the wall. John Wayne memorabilia and movie posters from where Rogers and Gene Autry are pieces of history that are displayed on the walls. 
According to Alabama Media Group, visitors can see the prop gun used in the 1957 film Old Yellow in a glass case. Going to rain, it goes back to my childhood. Um, you can't help but wonder what Molly must think about this nostalgic uh, tribute, memorizing her uh, bone-crushing hugs and impact on the town. <coughs> but if it had been an individual doing it, I would have thought by this point in time it, uh, that individual would have been uh, captured, but apparently not. Well, let's talk about La Llorona. That's uh, also a uh, spirited haunts El Paso. For more than half a millennium, the legend of La Llorona has been firmly ingrained in the tapestry of Latin American folklore. Mexico serving as its epicenter. La Llorona, translated from Spanish, means the weeping woman in her Loud, mournful wails can be heard as she searches uh, lakes and rivers and creeks in search of her dead children. According to the legend's most popular version, uh, it was a beautiful woman by the name of Maria. Married a wealthy man and had two children. Eventually, the romance between the two began waning, and husband only showed interest in the children. Overcome with a mixture of fear and despair on discovering him with uh, another woman, she reportedly uh, drowned both her children. Weight of her actions immediately descended uh, on her, and she was engulfed by re- remorse and regret. Couldn't bear what she had done, and in most versions of the story, she drowned herself as well. Now, today, her spirit is said to be uh, cursed to roam the earth after being denied entry into heaven. For centuries, the legend of La Llorona has served as a cautionary tale to discipline mischievous children, as is believed the weeping woman has the ability to. Snatch and harm them. Uh, an alternative version of the legends believed the Llorona focused her attention on the unfaithful husbands. Now, the story here in El Paso, the, uh, the husband had died, and the woman had two children, and she fell in love with a wealthy man, and he didn't want to marry her because she had the children. So she took him down to the Rio Grande, and she drowned him. And he went to see him and said, I don't have children anymore. Of course, he was horrified, and uh, everything went south from there. But it's uh, the various versions of the story certainly um, are interesting. Well, let's go to the Stanley Hotel, the hotel that inspired Stephen King's The Shining. It's got a number of its own stories. It's a 142-room hotel. Opened its doors in 1909 as a resort for wealthy Easterners, but also as a refuge for individuals who were tragically battling tuberculosis. It's located in Colorado's Estes Park. It's uh, reported one of the most haunted places in Colorado, and some would say one of the most haunted places in the country. The uh, architectural marvel with serious old-world charm is known as the inspiration behind Stephen King's popular novel, The Shining. You know, the uh, king and his wife stayed there. And it was, um, they were one of the few guests at that point in time. And there are different stories about whether or not strange things happened. 
Now, the Stanley Hotel is inhabited by a handful of spirits that have chosen to linger within its walls, with a few particular locations known to be hotspots for the uh, otherworldly residents. Most common reported sighting appear to be those of the original owners, Flora and F.O. Stanley. Even in the realm of the departed, it seems that the Stanley Hotel continues to provide solace and sanctuary to the couple, serves as their eternal home in the afterlife. Concert Hall, a heartfelt gift from F.O. to his beloved Flora, has become a enduring stage for peculiar and mysterious late-night performances. That's according to the paranormal tour company Ghost City Tours. It appears Flora's profound passion for music has transcended the boundaries of the living. Tales have emerged of ethereal melodies uh, reverberating throughout the hall's uh, hallowed space during overnight hours. As employees tend to their duties at the reception desk, an unmistakable presence has been felt by many. A spectral aura believed to be none other than F.O. Stanley himself. That's according to the uh, travel site Road Trippers. He's apparently also been uh, captured in photographs, surveying uh, the going zone in the billiards room, which was one of his favorite places. Speaking of uh, spooky snapshots, a photograph captured by a guest by the name of Henry Yao certainly raised more than a few eyebrows. The image shows what appears to be the transparent figure of a woman standing in the hotel's grand staircase which uh, Yao maintains was completely empty at the time he took the photo. And it seems the ghost didn't appreciate being photographed after the shot was taken. Yao suddenly felt ill. He said, The night I snapped the photo, I became sick to my stomach. I didn't make the connection till the next morning when I was looking through my photos. A lot of folks believe the photograph offers the most concrete evidence yet of the hotel's infamous paranormal activity. And although the hotel's former housekeeper, Elizabeth Wilson, uh, didn't pass away in the hotel. She appears to haunt the grounds as well. According to Ghost City Tours, many attribute this to a major gas explosion she experienced in room 217, doing which she reportedly fell through the floor and broke both her ankles. Some people speculate she's been tied to the place as a result of this trauma. Wilson's ghost uh, reportedly has a habit of moving personal belongings and some unmarried couples have felt a cold force wedge between their sleeping bodies, according to the Ghost City Tours. Well, as you may guess, the, the room in which Stephen King stayed during the visit was Wilson's room. Hotel's fourth floor is also reportedly quite lively when it comes to ghost activity. Halls of the fourth floor resonate with the echoes of unseen children's laughter and a pitter-patter of little footsteps. Closet doors swing open and shut of their own accord, and clothing vanishes, only to be found meticulously placed in dresser drawers later on. Room 428 uh, reportedly houses the ghost of a cowboy, according to the Ghost City Tours. He occasionally makes himself known by the visitor's bedside, along with the uncanny sensation of heavy footsteps pacing across the floor and furniture being mysteriously rearranged while the visitors sleep. Well, during the summer of 1974... Stephen King and his wife, Tabitha, checked in for a one-night stay at the Stanley Hotel just before its annual winter hiatus. Search of a many getaway, as well as some creative inspiration, the two of them found themselves to be the only guests in the entire hotel, which, of course, only added to its creepy vibe. According to a 
king wandering through the court as I thought it seemed perfect. Maybe the art's typical setting for a ghost story. While they slept in the famed room 217, King awoke from a nightmare that would end up serving as inspiration for The Shining. His three-year-old son was running through the hotel's corridors in a state of panic, trying to evade a fire hose that had come alive. King woke up with a swift jerk covered in sweat. He said, I got up, lit a cigarette, sat in a chair, looking out the window at the Rockies, and by the time the cigarette had done, I had the bones of the shining firmly set in my mind. And just like that, a quintessential horror story we all know and love was born. Viewers of Stanley Kubrick's 1980 film adaptation of The Shining starred Jack Nicholson. might observe the Overlook Hotel depicted in the movie bears a little resemblance to the Stanley Hotel. That's because the filming didn't take place at the Stanley, much to the disappointment of many viewers and King himself. In fact, King has publicly expressed his displeasure with the movie's adaptation of his novel. The extravagant labyrinth of hedges that featured so prominently in Kubrick's film version didn't even exist at the Stanley until 20 years into John W. Cullen's ownership of the hotel. According to Cullen, people keep looking for the maze, and so he eventually gave in and put one in, knowing that people want an experience. However, the 1997 miniseries remake, uh, spearheaded by King, did, in fact, use the Sandley Hotel as uh, its primary family location, according to travel blog Independent Travel Cats. Very important to the author, while simultaneously helping sir, revive business for the hotel. Well, according to Colin, God bless Stephen King for what she's done for this hotel. Now visitors can go on tours around the property, listen to paranormal guides, recount tales of real ghostly encounters, and... Then go get lost in the maze. Well, from the Stanley Hotel, let's talk about the Hotel Monte Vista. Built in 1927, Hotel Monte Vista's been around long enough to boast its fair share of unique history. Underground network of tunnels, a radio show run by the second woman to ever receive a broadcasting license, and a secret cocktail lounge masquerading as a newspaper publishing house during Prohibition of all led to interesting stories. But visitors can also throw several ghosts into the mix at this iconic Flagstaff, Arizona hotel. Paranormal tour company, Ghost City Tours, outlines a few of them. You got the Meat Man, maybe the most haunted of all 73 rooms in the hotel, is room 220, where a man staying long-term in the early 1980s used the chandelier to hang raw meat. Reports include the, new, the TV turning on, the uh, Visible cold hands touching visitors and scattered linens. Then there's the bank robber. In 1970, a nearby bank was robbed by three men, one of whom was shot. Despite being hurt, he and his comrades stopped at the hotel for a drink. Well, the wounded, wounded robber died. Numerous reports of him wishing visitors a good morning. Then there's the rocking chair. Visitors who look up at the window of room 305 may catch an elderly woman in a rocking chair. Guests have noticed it randomly rocking, heard knocking on the walls, and some even reported uh, seeing the woman materialize. Among other ghostly residents at the Hotel Monte Vista have been uh, two murdered sex workers, a phantom bellboy who reportedly played tricks on actor John Wayne during his stay, and a crying baby heard in the basement. And then, of course, there's the, the famed dancing couple. Well... From the Hotel Monte Vista.
Okay, from Colorado, we're going to go to South Carolina, Pauly's Island, home of the gray man, benevolent spirit that predicts hurricanes. Uh, Pauly's Island has been known to witness strange happenings whenever hurricanes come around. A mysterious figure clad entirely in gray roams the water's edge, let alone to those living on the coastal island. He appears to some of the island's inhabitants, issuing a solemn warning and urging them to evacuate and anticipation of a approaching storm. Those who listen are rewarded with protection of their property and getting to survive to tell the tale. In contrast to the malevolent specters and poltergeists of the movies, the gray man's anything but. The tale of the gray man has been around for generations, its roots stretching back to the year 1822. While the identity of Pauly Island's benevolent uh, Apparitions uncertain. There's speculation as to who he might be. According to Charleston's WCBN News 2, the prevailing origin story behind the legend begins with a lovesick sailor who, after an extended period at sea, embarked on a voyage back to the island to see his beloved fiancée, who was actually awaiting his return. Eager to see her, not let a single minute together go to waste, he left the ship and took the horseback. But unfortunately... Had some bad luck. Catastrophic storm wasn't the only threat on the horizon. He also tried to make a poor decision to try and navigate the island's unexplored marshlands in an attempt to find a shortcut, and that pretty much sealed his fate. He never made it to his beloved. Somewhere in a treacherous expanse of marshland, he and his horse came stuck in the muck and drowned. His servant, who watched helplessly as the tragedy unfolded, had the difficult duty reporting the news to the man's wife-to-be. Consumed by sorrow after uh, her lover's death, the young woman saw consolation in frequent seaside strolls, leaves her mind and lift her spirits. Doing one of her beach walks, she saw a man dressed from head to toe in gray and immediately felt there was something familiar about him. As she got closer, she realized that she was now face-to-face with her dead sweetheart. But he didn't answer any of her questions. It just gave her a Warning to abandon the island at once as a fierce storm was on its way. And just like that, he vanished. Well, she heeded his warning and immediately departed along with her family. And according to ABC 15 News, the gray man was right. The next day, the great storm of 1822 arrived in full force, destroyed everything in its path. Well, actually, almost everything. Her home was left completely untouched. It was the only one in the area to survive. Well, Polly's Island has endured the full fury of five different hurricanes over 200 years, including Hurricane Hazel in 1954 and Hurricane Hugo in 1989. Locals say each of the five storms was preceded by appearances of the gray man. Most recent of those was Hurricane Florence in uh, 2018, which was also the last reported sighting of the gray man. Locals know to take his warning seriously and listen to what he speaks. According to somebody who has seen him, he's a friendly entity, not uh, that it's a good thing to see him, but when somebody does claim to see him, it gives us locals an idea of what uh, we're dealing with. So if a ghost tells you to get the hell out of Dodge, get the hell out of Dodge. Well, with all the stories that I have told over the last few shows, what's really happening our restless dead aren't actually walking among us, what is it people are seeing? 
Now, there's a space where science and the supernatural overlap. Within this space, a lot of folks are committed to the belief that nothing paranormal is real and the role of science is to disprove otherworldly explanations. But others see science as a helpful tool to better understand paranormal phenomena without being antagonistic. And this particular perspective leaves space for the fact that science may not hold all the answers and recognizes the importance of listening to and valuing people's authentic experiences. Because not all scientists are debunkers, and many paranormal investigators do embrace science, um, ultimately you have to decide what makes the most sense. Um, science has investigated orbs and EMFs and ESP and cold spots and mediums, and no one has yet come up with an answer that covers all of them. But let's start out talking about orbs. I've seen a bunch of them and photographed a number of them as well. Even if you don't believe you've ever seen an orb, these are easy phenomena to understand. It's a transparent or translucent ball of light that hovers over the ground and can generally uh, be captured in a photograph. Haunted Rooms America guides of uh, informative ghost hunts at famous locations explain the phenomena from the paranormal perspective. There are nuances in defining an orb, they claim, that at their most fundamental, they're a manifestation of energy. And though they're typically transparent or clear light, they claim that energy orbs can also appear in uh, various colors, each with an important meaning. White's typically a positive energy or a spirit trapped where it doesn't belong. Red or orange is a protective energy uh, with um, black or brown is negative energy, energy with heavy emotions attached. Green is the energy of oneness between the body, the soul, and the earth. Blue is calming or healing energy. Now, the group Paranormal Investigators of Milwaukee has a little more scientific perspective. After conducting a deep dive into the existence of orbs, they determined that 99.9% of all orb pictures can be explained as dust and insects and mold spores or pollen. Detailed pictures and explanations, the group has demonstrated how everything from dead skin cells to a raindrop can look like a spectral orb when captured in a photograph where the light hits the object in a certain way. And Haunted Room of America does agree that many of the orbs seen in photographs are often due to some type of particulate appearing supernatural because of refraction, distance, or timing. But they do believe that some orbs are generally a form of energy, whether spirit energy or a separate form of energy we don't understand yet is the question. Interestingly, the paranormal investigators in Milwaukee are open to this possibility as well. When you see an orb in person... They meant that what you're seeing is likely real, meaning it's there's really something in front of you. And it's likely energy of some kind, since we're all made out of energy. But they do stop short of identifying that orb as a ghost. Instead, they believe it may be your own energy that was uh, released or pooled outside of you, or some other energy that we're not yet aware of. Um, there's still room to accept an orb as a spirit form, but... You know, the jury's still out on that. For instance, if you captured an orb along with a voice proclaiming to be the ball of light, then the ghost becomes a reasonable explanation. But no one has yet reported those specific uh, factors.
How about electromagnetic activity? Does this indicate a ghostly presence? Now, we've all heard the term electromagnetic used in connection with paranormal investigations, but electromagnetic energy is all around us, used to power everything in our modern world, from cell phones and computers to GPS and satellite imagery. So what is it? Energy supplier, uh, just energy, defines it as a radiant energy that travels in waves at the speed of light. Radiant energy, of course, includes visible light, x-rays, gamma rays, and radio waves. Also has various other properties, including the fact it can transfer heat. As as a result, electromagnetic energy everywhere, including light and and, uh, radio waves. And it can be created by human activity. Vehicles, radio transmitters, even electrical wiring will be naturally occurring from the sun or seismic activity or lightning. You know, some people believe that ghosts are able to manipulate electromagnetic fields themselves to interact with or communicate with the the physical world. Uh, You know, everyone can now buy devices that can supposedly generate an electromagnetic field to then stimulate spiritual activity within a location. For now, there doesn't seem to be enough solid evidence to support the theory that um, ghosts can generate or control electromagnetism or cause an increase in this energy merely through being present. But there's also insufficient evidence to conclude that all instances of hauntings are simply caused by electromagnetic energy. In other words, the jury is still out. Well, on that note, we're going to come to the end of today's show. We come back tomorrow, we're going to be talking about uh, <coughs> Sixth Sense. Does it really exist? Till then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great evening. <laughs>